Howdy, folks. For eons, our planet has drifted as a spaceship through the universe. And for a brief moment, we have been its passengers. Throughout today's performance, please refrain from buzzing, stinging, and pollinating. And no chirping. Thank you. Welcome to the WDW Reflections Podcast with your hosts, Dewey, Ron, and Tony. Here, we'd love to talk about the Walt Disney World Resort, the way we remember it, how it's changed, and why we still enjoy visiting the most magical place on Earth. We're not experts, but we want to share our unique experiences and memories with you. You may learn some facts you never knew before, and you may return to some of your own memories of the Walt Disney World Resort. And we'd love to share these memories together. So come with us on a podcast journey as we reflect on the WDW Reflections Podcast. Please stand clear of the doors. Reflections. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the WDW Reflections Podcast your unofficial guide through Disney World memories and their connections to the parks that we know and love today. I am Dewey, one of your hosts, coming to you from my home in Magnolia, Delaware, and this is episode number 36 of the WDW Reflections podcast. Thanks for being here with us. Stick around towards the end of the show for more information on how you can contact us and maybe become involved in the show through social media groups and even be a contributor to future shows. With me today are my podcast travel buddies, Ron and Tony, coming to us from Cleveland, Tennessee, where I hear it's hot. My good buddy, Ron. How's it going, Ron? It's going well. It is definitely hot. Electric bills are through the roof. And (laughs) um, so being able to take some time and just escape reality and and go into the world of Disney is going to be a fun time today good times will be had by all our money back guarantee right money back guarantee money back guarantee (laughs) zero 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 that's right we'll double your zero of investment (laughs) all right tony coming to us from the big apple how's it going my friends we're doing okay out here in the big apple it's uh it's been hot it's been cold it's been a little bit of everything so we're doing okay and uh just want to remind our viewers that we have some special announcements about things that we've been doing with the site lately if we if you didn't hear last week's show do you want to tell them about that uh some new kind of exciting stuff uh we launched a new website for wdwreflectionspodcast.com and uh that's got all kinds of fun stuff links to all of our socials has links to all of our episodes and um you know still building it still working on it and adding stuff here and there and it, we've actually uh added the show to many new platforms we're on iHeartRadio now we're on um uh Amazon Music for podcasters uh lots of different places so uh in addition to the places where we have already been like Spotify and Apple Podcasts we are expanding your listening opportunities and uh, all of those links also to our youtube and everything all of those things can be found on our new website www.wdwreflectionspodcast.com so 
Go that's, check it out. That's a lot of W's, but it, I think hopefully uh, you'll all remember that. And and speaking of of YouTube, remember that uh, if you go there, like, subscribe, comment. We'd like to hear some feedback. Basically, what we're doing is taking our call that we're doing right now and uh, letting you see what it looks like as we record it. And sometimes it's fun, and sometimes we add content that you don't necessarily hear. You can actually see things that... Um, you only heard about here on the show so so make sure you you, you check us out yeah i know it, it's a show where it's a multi multi um faceted show where you can see lots of things and you can as dewey said you can do it all through our website as well if you don't know how to listen to a podcast or if your friends don't know they can just listen right on the browser so make sure you check us out and well i've been told i have a face perfect for radio so uh <laughs> Yeah, don't I was, don't uh, rush to the. I'm in the same boat, dude. I'm not sure why we decided <laughs> to do YouTube. I don't know. Well, hey, it's it's to expand love... the audience. There you go. Lots of people love horror movies, so my <laughs> guess is it's something like that. You know, they and they want to be frightened, so they go look at us. But I right, will but... say though, the good thing about the the YouTube is we do get to see clips of what we're talking about, as well as um sometimes some personal stuff that we. Uh, can only share exclusively through youtube so stay tuned for that yes if you can overlook our ugly mugs the rest <laughs> of it's good <laughs> all right fellas so are y'all ready to take a look and uh, reflect on some wdw walt disney world memories together let's do this let's go all right so this week uh, my good buddy ron is going to be leading the main segment he's chosen one of his favorites, something that uh, he tells us uh, he doesn't like to miss when he visits the Walt Disney World Resort. So, Ron, I'm going to hand it over to you, buddy, and let you start the show. Hey, thanks so much, Dewey. Um, so I am excited about uh, what we're going to talk about today. And it's a relatively new ride that has come to the Disney parks. And it is goes by the name of avatar flight of passage and you can find this ride in disney's animal kingdom and in my opinion it's made animal kingdom the the whole avatar village has created a atmosphere that you didn't get to experience in animal kingdom and in my opinion has definitely made um animal kingdom a park worth your time and, and experience. Not that it wasn't prior, but there was not a lot of draw um, to Animal Kingdom. You had, um, and now the name of it, Kilimanjaro um, Safari, of course, is a draw. And then the Yeti for where, oh, Everest. Um, the <laughs> and river. Dinosaur. That was not coming to mind. My, yeah, Dinosaur, I guess, is a draw for some people. Not so much me. I've never been on that ride. And also um, the uh, expedition, the uh, the morning uh, the morning expedition through the savannah was fun. Oh, cool. Well, listen, so for a long time, Animal Kingdom was kind of known as a half-day park. Yeah. You know, a lot of people would say that. Pandora, well, then, I would, and I would agree with that. Well, the last time I was there, I don't even think it was open a full day. I think it closed at four o'clock. It, yeah, it, and even uh, probably within the last ten years, it's um, it's just started staying open at night, and they started illuminating the Tree of Life and all that kind of good stuff. 
but for a long time it did close somewhere between four and six depending on yeah. time of year and everything so it, it, it was known as a half-day park or at least not by disney you know they didn't want you to say that oh no yeah but um you know a lot of park goers and guests were, were would refer to as the half-day park and pandora kind of changed that uh mostly because it takes most of the day to get on on the ride <laughs> if you don't you're not lying <laughs> well, we're gonna talk about that but uh you're not lying if, yeah so um... Uh, you know, so Pandora has opened it up to, to your point, Ron, and has made it uh, more of a destination and, uh, you know, allows for more than just a half day fun. So uh, I will say Animal Kingdom, I don't want to, uh, Animal Kingdom is definitely, um, unfortunately, not my, the top of my list. If we're going to go and I'm only able to go to one or two parks, it's probably not going to make my list. However, I will say due to Pandora um, and that whole area, um, it it's more going to be more considered than it would have ever. Um, but I will say, you've also got the, the Lion King show. You've also got Finding Nemo. So th they've, over the years, they've definitely increased the draw to Animal Kingdom and made it more um, appealing, I think. And, and I think Flight of Passage, to your point, Dewey, has really taken that um, to that level. And, and this is, um, surprisingly, Melissa and I have gotten to experience it. Obviously, it's one of my favorites now. And we did that on an anniversary trip back in, it was either 20 or 21. Um, but it was only a couple days. But we made the decision to go to Animal Kingdom. And I will say that if you only, you're missing out if you don't visit the um, Pandora area at night because they've really done a really good job of illuminating and making that a, a totally different experience from the evening, from day to evening. And so I would encourage you to experience it both ways. Um, one thing, and, and we're gonna talk, you can't talk about Flight of Passage without talking about um, that area that they've built around Pandora and the whole experience. And I wanted to, my intent was to find out how much it costs to build Flight of Passage, but they don't have, I, for whatever reason, they don't have it broken down by ride, at least for Flight of Passage. Um, but do either one of you want to take a guess at how much that land, the whole area, 12, approximately 12 acres took to develop? Ooh. Uh, I'm just going to guess a hundred million. I, I have zero information and I'm just throwing a number out there, but that, sure. that's a guess. No, I have no guess. Okay. Half a billion. Whoa. Oh my goodness. $500 million to build that. I wow. was way off. Yeah. And, and it, and it's very, um, visual. It, it's amazing how they've got, um, the floating islands and they truly look like they're floating. If you take a look, you can figure it out, but it, the, the visual effects that they've used to make it reproduce what you experience in the, um, in the movie is definitely there and 
they've got waterfalls and water flowing and you definitely feel like you're in the land of Pandora. So I, th I found that um, definitely interesting. And then I'm just going to go through the trivia and then I'm going to walk us through the entire uh, ride path. And you guys are definitely welcome to interrupt me or as you feel you want to. Um, Avatar Flight of Passage opened in 2017. It had a soft opening on May 26th. And the opening was then the next day, May 27th. You get a significant ride time. I've talked about this in the past. You do end up waiting some time for this ride, but the total ride is 4.5 minutes. And the queue though is also pretty incredible. And we'll talk more about that as you walk through the queue though, there's some really interesting um, visuals and just you feel like you've immersed into the movie for sure um i found this interesting the visuals within the ride are projected at 10k resolution and um go at 60 frames per second so wow. um it's definitely um uh, you can tell that it's they definitely work to make sure you have a experience that you get immersed in it's also 3d 4d as some would explain we'll talk more about that as we dive in um they have four theaters within the complex each of the theaters have six rows per theater and can seat eight riders per row so that seats each theater seats then 192 riders in total at one time so they're putting some people through there and still have um wait times they they received an award um from golden golden ticket awards they're basically a um internet site that that ranks um new rides and in, in amusement parks so it's not just disney rides but um competing against all the amusement parks. And in 2017, they um, got second place for best new ride. The reason that's interesting though, is most of the rides that get the best new ride are roller coasters. Matter of fact, it was beaten out by a ro by roller coaster in Cincinnati, Ohio, Kings Island, um, a wooden roller coaster that they created so i've i found it interesting that second place is uh significant for a simulated ride that's up against physical in your face getting on a ride so um hats off to disney on that um so it's a as we've already talked about it's a 3d flying simulator attraction within pandora the world of Avatar at Disney's Animal Kingdom. It's set in the Avatar universe. The attraction allows guests to take flight on a native mountain banshee and across the landscape of Pandora. Um, work on this ride started in 2012 and inv involved the staff from Walt Disney Imagineering, James Cameron's Lightstorm Entertainment, and Weta Digital. 
all the footage in the ride is original. It did not come from uh, the movie. And so they did a really good job of aligning and they were able to use some of the footage from the movie with copyright um, allowances. And so that I found really interesting. So any comments on the, on those facts so far guys? No. Okay. I didn't know that uh, it was all new footage. I, mean, I guess I should have known that, but I didn't realize that it was uh, all new footage. You know, you'd think they could use some other stuff and it probably would have made sense to use some other stuff, maybe from the movies. Uh, but also, uh, maybe I'm thinking it might have been coming from the upcoming Avatar movies. So that's kind of what I would think they may have used, but all new footage, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, the, the, no, there was no mention of this playing into the upcoming movie at all, which to your point, Dewey, that's interesting. And they could have maybe used a little bit of marketing, but the, being built in 2012 and being released in 2017, the movies, I don't even know where they're at with the production. Yeah, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. I think they're coming out next year, 2023, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. They're probably going to do it in reverse, probably incorporate things from the ride into the movie that since Cameron was uh, so involved um the music from the movie was um produced by james horner and simon fraglin i'm not familiar with those names you guys may yeah. be. Mm -hmm. james horner anyway okay and then it does have some within the queue audio and an animatronics um it says it does. Well, I guess that. I guess the um, avatar that's in the tank. I guess that it would be considered an animal. animal yeah. Metronic. So yeah, that's. Does he? Talk that's only one it? I can think of that's in the queue. So. What one thing I, I would just have to say I haven't yet to see this attraction, so I'm I'm a, I'm amazed uh, listening to some of these details because it opened since the last time I was there. But just a quick question: Does that animatronic? move or touch or talk or anything it does move it doesn't talk it, it it's it's a little overwhelming because um i've got a picture of it so it's but if have you seen the movie i saw the movie a very long time ago yes yeah when it so they're very tall the avatars that ride the banshees are extremely tall so they're it's true to life um size in the queue and it's sitting in a tank because they they're in water when they're you know when they're acting it and so it's in there doing the movements and stuff it's a little overwhelming with the with the um size of it and and just it's, it's a funny little you say real for it to I be never, real i never even considered you. that it would be tall i forgot that they were tall in the movie because i've seen pictures of it and i've seen video clips of it but i didn't realize it would be it would be a tall yeah it's definitely not That's the cool. size of a human it's bigger nice and um you definitely feel i don't know have you been have, have you had the opportunity to ride it dewey yes i've been on it i don't know maybe like five times or so okay uh i have been on it and the my the only bad thing about my trips there is that i've never i i guess it's a good thing i've i've had fast passes or whatever so i've never snaked through the entire queue and i hear the queue is pretty amazing 
Oh, the queue. Dude, you missed. Uh, I'm not. I mean, I think that's what helps the waiting so much is that there's um, so much to look at and you really feel like you're in the scientific area of the movie when where they connect and and get uh, aligned with the the avatars so um yeah there's a lot to look at there's a lot to take in so you've not seen the the avatar well, in the tank yes uh oh, okay e even through that we walk you walk by it but yeah. it's really fast you don't you yeah know, because you're standing no in line, you yeah, get to observe yeah. it and, and stuff and you even in the fast pass line you still get to see the the video where the the guy explains the process yeah. to you and everything so you get to see all that and they still pair you with an avatar you know you stand on the circle and stuff yeah. uh, I, I have you do that even in the fast pass line but i haven't got to snake through the whole uh you know the whole complex i hear it's pretty like pretty amazing the theming and everything yeah you would with how much you appreciate the detail that disney does you would definitely appreciate they this probably is as detailed as any of the cues that you, that Disney has. Mm -hmm. So it, it would, I I would put it up there with um, Tower Terror. Tower Terror. That kind of that level. Theme, of I mean, it's that level of theming, and it's they did did an incredible job with it. So I would encourage you to um, our listeners if you've if you've not gone yet to definitely put it on your list. This ride does have the lightning pass. And I can't believe I'm going to encourage this, but <laughs> if you want to get more out of your park day, it may be worth the 14 or $15 that it will cost you to get the pass. I cannot believe I just said that. I probably wouldn't use it regularly, but if, uh, if I just wanted to, to try it or something, maybe so but that's a lot you know, of cash per person yeah it's you per know? person and oh by the way you can't just buy that and go in and ride the ride you gotta have the ticket to the park which is if it's a one day it's a hundred bucks so yeah so 115 dollars to go ride avatar <laughs> don't look at it that way that, that uh, yeah makes that's your head not hurt. a really good way to look at it you get the rest of animal kingdom too Sorry, I digress. Um, so it does have no, the lightning option. And then um, there was something else I wanted to tell us that was really interesting. Oh, the award that it's got. We've already kind of touched on it, but do either of you, and I, I don't know why I like to do this, but I do. I like guessing games, I guess. Um do you guys want to guess the longest wait time that Flight of Passage has had? Well, I know that it regularly has like a 200-minute wait. Right. Like regularly. Right. Um, if we're talking about like uh, the world record or, or something, uh, probably like six hours, I would guess. Okay. I, I think probably longer because I think that first day, wasn't it breaking all kinds of records because people were standing in line for 12 hours or more so the the record and 
record for Disney parks is 6.5 hours. So you were, you were close Dewey. And my opinion is if you wait for a ride for six hours, you need to have your head examined <laughs> one, two Disney should give you an a annual pass for life for sitting in line for six hours to ride a ride. But I will say they have found ways of making that less uh, unpleasant by allowing you to get out. And if you need to use the restroom or if you're with some other people, I think, don't they now sort of let you hold your place? Not that uh, I know. I know I've they. I know they. That I know they have restrooms built into the right. queue, and they do. If it sometimes have refreshments available, right, yeah. in the queue, but getting out, holding, and or um, getting out of line, and then going back with there. your team, your group, I don't believe is because if, if I, I remember, I've not experienced that during Rise of the of the Resistance when that opened, they had the ability where you just called the cast member over and said i've got to use the bathroom or whatever and and they knew where you were going back if i remember correctly well now, now if you involve a cast member uh probably you could yeah I th but just to do it on your own and not i've not experienced either yeah. situation though but six and a half hours is a long time i mean i used to wait on movie lines for a long time when i was a kid i could not do this now but that was look uh, I'm going to tell you, the only thing I've waited more than six hours for was the birth of my first child. Yeah. I'm not waiting six hours for a theme park attraction. I don't six care. Six hours is. is a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. I'm, try I'm trying to remember the longest I would wait that I have waited for a ride. And, and I think it was two, and I can tell you I was not happy about it. I, I know. I remember waiting three hours um, during my first trip to Disney, to uh, Orlando. My nephew, I, I mentioned before, he wanted to see the Back to the Future ride. It had just kind of opened, and oh. he was... It was like you had. he had to go. It was There was no choice in this matter. We waited out there about three hours. I remember when we finally got through, he kissed the ground. That's how excited he was. Wow. Well, I've told you guys, I'm pretty sure we've talked about it on the show before. Uh, the longest I've ever waited for an attraction was two hours. And it was when I was uh, probably 12 years old. I think it was on my second trip there. And it was for 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. <laughs> and, I remember this story, Dewey. So, <laughs> you, you broke my heart with this story every time. And I... I, and I hated it. And I don't think I hated it because it was bad, but it definitely was not worth a two hour wait. The two, you know? the two minute ride, right? Right. So to look uh, at fish on strings. That's what, yeah. Are you making fun of me? Cause that's what I said. Yeah. No, I'm not. It just oh, okay. broke my heart. That's dude. A hundred percent, hundred percent. It was two hours to sit in a smelly boat and see fish on strings. But hey, we're way off topic. <laughs> Sorry, Ron. <laughs> we're kind of we kind of are, but I, I I enjoy it. But um, Ron, real, real quick question. I know this ride is still very popular. Are the wait times still that long? Yeah, they really are. Um, it's kind of taken Disney by surprise that normally rides after the initial opening tend to just fall back into queues and 
get average wait times of that are more acceptable between you know 30 60 even two hours um but this this continues to have the longest wait lines well here's another question i know that recently they've tried to make as i was mentioning they try to make it a little bit more comfortable is it all is your waiting time indoors in air conditioning and are there things to look at and see along the way other than just the main screen or something oh yeah so we'll talk about it but i don't think this is covered in it so the queue going up to um because it's kind of built and it's kind of built in like you know how bugs life is in the tree and yeah. underground so that's how this is this is built into the um landscape of andorra and so you at, you are taken through basically through the, the fields or the woods of of the of the different areas i don't know what you call them it's kind of like et et have you ever been on the yeah but not but it's outside oh outside and um you're experiencing the floating so you're walking under the floating islands and 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 walking by um oh that's part of the queue the floating island yeah it's part of the queue that basically it's you can see it's so big that you're literally walking through the land of pandora to get to but there's a, so much to look at because of waterfalls the different plant life and the it sounds the, like it's it's much more than can be even captured on uh, yeah you even if there. you go and look at i was I, i've looked at to, to to remind myself just because it's been yeah a while and i'm just like wow these do nothing for this if you if you viewed this on video the the land and the magnitude of those floating islands yeah. you can't comprehend it by watching it on video or pictures you have to be there to that's what i, I that's really what i imagined my, i know my wife is always like shrug it's just a mountain i said no, it's probably something that you have to be there to see yeah it's it's because you see it before you get there mm -hmm. i mean i i don't know how to explain the magnitude of it's almost for you got maybe this will help you know how star wars when you walk up to it you're kind of overwhelmed by yeah. the size of the of the just the the mountainous range that they have built and yeah it's the same experience mm -hmm. it's overwhelming of it does not look man-made it looks like you've walked in walked into a new continent i mean it's 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 over it's it's to me it's it's one of the best built areas that disney has it's just mm -hmm. really really done well right it's fully immersive it you know when you when you walk into that thing or just into the land yeah uh, first of all you can't tell what used to be there you know it used to be camp mini mickey you know and and wow i did not realize that yes so, so there you go i didn't even realize where it was. yeah you know that's where the old, old pocahontas show was wow uh, that's where the lion king um legend not legend of the lion king the the festival of the lion king was originally over there and and then they had some little uh trails where you could go to a 
to uh, like a covered area where you can yeah. meet characters. I remember it well. So it's crazy that it's in the it, you know they they moved a moved out Camp Mini Mickey and and built Pandora. So it's amazing the the transformation. But yeah, I I honestly didn't look for information of where they built it because I just I assumed that they that there was land that was associated for development around Animal Kingdom that allowed them to just have a, a new place. But wow, yeah, so it, it's where Camp Mini Mickey was. So th that's why they moved uh, Festival Lion King. Now it's over there uh, in Africa because they they tore it down when they they went to build Pandora. So it's it's it, it's entirely immersive and you need to walk through it both in the daytime and the nighttime. Absolutely. Because uh it it's it's a completely different experience yeah. in day I, and I, night. I'm looking forward just to being able to go to Animal Kingdom at night because as I mentioned the last time I was there, you it know, it has got to be over. Right? It was between 4 and 5 and and I'm talking at least 12 years ago since I've been to Animal Kingdom. Yeah. So, yeah. And they do uh, illumination of the tree now, like Dewey uh, alluded to. Right, yeah. For the 50th. Yeah. We keep going off topic, but... I know, it's so fun. <laughs> it's so fun. Um, so that's all the trivia I have about it. Um, so let's walk through the ride and then we can um, go from there. In the attraction, guests are led through a cave entrance with Navi paintings on the wall. This leads to a former, and that's a very, <laughs> it, you you weave through the land to get to that cave entrance. That's, that's kind of funny that they started at the cave entrance. But anyway. Um, and you know, Ron, what they're doing there, I mean, it's a little bit of genius, but it's also crowd control because it you you're walking, like you said, beneath the floating mountains and everything and you're doing all that you know curving through all of the, this pathway but and thankfully for me i've never been stuck in that line when you were outside yeah you know i'm sure there's times when it's that that snaking trail that you go through to get to the cave i'm sure when you're there at that six hour thing you were talking about that that's probably line you're probably standing out there in line oh absolutely you know so i've never had to deal with that but i mean it's really neat it's a it's a nice trail the the lushness of the of the plants and everything yeah. i mean it's it's beautiful there and there's waterfalls and all kinds yeah. of stuff and you can and, probably smell it too oh yeah they, they they definitely have piped in some um smells for you they definitely um, developed it so that you want to take pictures because Melissa and I waited <clears throat> an hour and a half, two hours when we were there. And um, so we ended up waiting under those, the floating islands. And, and it's, we did not feel that the, the weight was near what it could have. If you were just standing on this, on a sidewalk with asphalt and, shops around you you know how that you know sometimes they just put strings up that that's not an enjoyable weight but here we actually took several pictures in the queue we actually uh the floating mountains really are a breathtaking and and fun to look at so um 
it definitely had and then like dewey said there's waterfalls and plants that you don't always see and they even have things in the um path that make it look like um stamps of different um, animals and and things like that so you could go into uh, the cave that leads to the former resource development administration mining facility now used by the pandora Cons conservation initiatives mountain banshee project for research purposes guests are then moved to the genetic ma matching room where they are scanned and matched to an avatar undergoing decontamination for Pandoran parasites. <laughs> uh, which is so cool because they actually, you show up, it's not just um, lights flickering and stuff, though they have that, um, but you're actually up on a screen and they have a silhouette of the actual people. They have a camera. So when you move, you, you can make out your silhouette and and so they tell you to move your arms so that they can get a good scan it's it's a lot of fun um and then they um then the avatar program technology was advanced by the pci instead of linking through a unit of their own specific avatar made using their own genetic information GIST have genetic material collected through the gmr this material is then matched to a pre-existing avatar that shares genetic similarities. Guests are then led to the link chair room where they're linked to said avatar that's already in flight on the Banshee. <clears throat> Guests are guided through the decontamination and genetic matching process by PCI scientist, Dr. Stevens. He also explains more about the technology used to link the guests to the avatars and how they're researching the Banshee, a Pandoran keystone species to measure the recovery of Pandora's ecosystem. Guests are also introduced to Jacqueline Ogden, the PCI scientist and Banshee researcher that restarted the avatar program and created the link chair system through a video shown. Dr. Odin explains the significance of the, oh, I'm not, I'm, ink, inknema, rite of passage, and the ink, I can't say it. I knew I was going to screw this up. <laughs> um, the ikra, or the banshee, is rite of passage that guests are about to experience and shows them the boarding and safety procedures of, for the link chairs. After the queue area, guests are led to the link chamber and seated in the link chairs 48 in total that allowed them to feel the movement of the banshee that their avatar that that their avatar is riding after being linked passengers are guided by a more experienced bat banshee riding navy navi nah. flying ahead of them guests also get to face off against a great I can't say these words. Leo, the the bad, the bad banshee. <laughs> I don't know how to say the name. <laughs> anyway, um, sights seen during the ride include the floating mountains, the ocean, a stampede, flying under a wave, and a beautiful ending overlook. 
Other navi are seen throughout the ride. Other effects felt during the so during the ride include a mist effect when nearing a waterfall, forest smells in a rooftop canopy, perfume-like smells near flowers, and other smell effects for the ocean and a stampede. And then the ride ends. And in and that description, unfortunately does not do the justice of the ride like i said um melissa and i waited um right at an hour and a half into and the four and a half minutes that you're on the ride did not it made with the queue and the the different ways that they have the introduction um cues you really feel like you get your wait time worth. I'll put it that now. If I waited six hours, all bets are off. I'm not. I don't <laughs> know how you even enjoy it after a six-hour wait. But yeah, I don't think you could. But the I didn't realize the ride was only four and a half minutes long. It feels like a ten-minute ride. Yeah, it does. When you're on it. You it you really get bang for your buck because it's uh it, it's really it's so much fun and there's so much going on there's sights and smells and water splashing and uh you know it, it really feels like it's 10 minutes long well, here's I, a question I, does that does that bike move or is it just I, I don't mean just tilt back and forth i mean does it lift or is it all stationary it doesn't lift uh it's so it's you know stay it's you stay on the ground but there there is some movement involved and i don't want to spoil it for anyone. no I, I don't mean that i, I just I, I know one of the concerns my wife had was whether it would lift up like um like she she's a like soaring oh you're Soarin'. thinking of like soaring no it doesn't you're on the ground and what's cool is it's but it's all it's on a screen that is probably yeah. similar to soaring right because it's Rounding a gigantic them. screen and so uh, the I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. Go ahead. So yeah, you you are on the ground. You don't get lifted, but when they what they do, they have a shield in front of you so you can't see when you first sit down. Do they give you a visor or something to wear? Yeah, you have um three D glasses. Three D glasses. Three D glasses, but they're very unique glasses. You excuse me. So, in some ways, this sounds like an advancement from the Harry Potter thing at Universal, right? Which I also haven't been on. It's, uh, think about, so, the screen that Ron's talking about. So, you've been on... Like Back the, to the Future. The newest iteration of Journey into Imagination. The one, Journey into yeah. Imagination with Figment. You know, at the end of the ride, where your Niles Channing is talking, and he's like, you know, hooray, Figment, imagination, and that blast of air yeah. comes, and then and that the screens are gone, and it's all the figments. Okay, that's similar. So you've got when you sit down on your on your your bike, I guess you're you're literally sitting in front of what looks like a wall in a um, in an industrial. It looks like it's a big, hard, heavy metal wall. And when you go through the transformation and you are connected to your Banshee, you, the, the wall is gone and, and it's just this vast opening and, you know, the, a gigantic screen in front of you. And, you know, it, it almost has like this 
traveling through hyperspace um, visual in front of you, and then poof, you're you're in the air and you're flying in over Pandora. And um, Ron, have you ever? I've been on it a few times. So after I've ridden a ride a few times, I start paying Looking less attention the, to the yeah. screen for a minute, and I want to see how it works and that yeah. kind of stuff. Have you ever like looked up and down and all around? You can see other people around you and it's not just on one floor there's almost like soaring you know you if you're on soaring you can see the people's feet Your above levels. you yeah yeah kind of like that there's multiple levels and you can see you know i don't know two or three what you said 192 people yeah you can see 200 other people you know on their banshee bicycles you know and it's it's really neat the way the you know the technology you know disney or they're a bunch of geniuses imagineers are geniuses when they think of ways to pack in all these people into you know into this experience do you so remember I also really that enjoyed. was kind of like i don't know if you ever did this for back to the future where you'd peek over and you'd see all the other cars as you well see the other deloreans yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I i did do that so i enjoy that i enjoy seeing you know after i've been on the ride a few times and have enjoyed it because, you know, the first few times you're laser focused and you're like, oh, man, I want to can't wait to see this. Yeah. You after that. It, but after, yes. yeah, I want to know how they do it and what's going on. Yes. yes. So I've done so that I'm before. And I don't remember doing it yet with um, Flight of Passage just because the experience for me is just I love being immersed and not as you just can escape reality. And they've and done yes. such a good job of it that your mind will let you do that well let me, let me ask you though the, uh, this just from a, a, an observation um this sounds a lot like that harry potter experience which i also as i mentioned i haven't been on but uh, have you guys been on that and how do they compare i've been on harry potter uh, harry potter is different though because you're actually moving you're that's on the one that moves in, in harry and lifts potter. yes uh, you're on almost, it's like an arm. Okay. See, so, that's what we thought this was as well. No, this mm. is not like that. Okay. You are, you're in a room and mm. you're in a room with, uh, I think it's either six or eight other bicycles and the bicycles don't move. You don't move. I mean, they don't move from the ground, right? They, there is movement. You yeah. Know, yeah. Well, yeah. I was yeah. going to say they do move, but they don't move from the ground. Right. right. It's stuck to the ground. You do but not I'll move tell you anywhere. This, you're, you're very, very extremely secure. Yeah. It's, yes. It's amazing how, how secure you are. And, and I really don't understand why they have that level of, security other than i guess if you're a child and you decide yeah. you can't handle it and you get up then that ledge i don't know how far yes. that ledge is for the screen um so that would be the only to keep you in your seat i guess maybe more because there's the once protection. that screen moves you're kind yeah. of like it, it you called it a ledge and that's exactly what i would call it you're yeah. you if if you're doing that observing and looking around, like yeah. I was alluding to, uh, you can tell that you're you're kind you're in the air, kind of. You know, yeah. you can see above and below you and stuff. There's other levels, so it's certainly a safety thing. It has to be a safety thing to keep yeah. you in there and not falling off the ledge or whatever. Because you have just so you, so you know what I'm talking about. You straddle it like a bicycle, and then do you have a 
um, secure uh, a back come up and secure yes. the back, but then also around your legs, something pushes against your legs, and once they're locked in, you're not getting out of that seat until they release it. It's a strange sensation the first time. It's very strange. Uh, but it's 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 not. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not. Uh, it doesn't trap you. Like I didn't. Feel not claustrophobic. Yeah, yeah, I didn't feel no. restrained per se. Right, no. I felt secure, which secure. is secure. That's thing. a good word. You're not restrained. You're not trapped. You're not like it's not tight, and you don't have trouble breathing. It's nothing like that. But you're secure. It 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 does push against your back, and and there there's reasons for that beyond safety. It also um, and the the leg things, it's part of the show. It's part of the special effects. Mm -hmm. It helps to to sell the the storyline that you're riding on yeah. an animal. So yeah, that's true. Um, but if for those listeners out there, if you're claustrophobic or anything like that, I don't think this will affect that. I, I don't feel like this is uh, a claustrophobia kind of ride. You, you're there's no. You're you're not stuck. You're just it, you you just have those things applied to your body, so they sell that you're riding on on an animal. So don't skip this ride because you think it's claustrophobic. You're you're not in a, a shell or a cocoon or anything. You're they're just got um, little applications uh, on your legs and on your back just to. Uh, just to, to, you know, like I said, to make it feel like you're on that animal. Yeah, I will say, Dewey, um, which surprised me, but after four incidences that they had in 2018, they added warning cards to the ride. They've since taken those cards down and built it into the first queue that you go into where he starts telling you about how what's going to happen. And they warn you about fear of heights, motion sickness, and seating and the seating restraints. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And they I do think that I remember that because of um, just four instances. And they compare it to what they did for Mission Space. I don't think it was, they've not, they've not lowered the intensity of the ride by any. Anything. Not that I'm aware of. I don't yeah, think there's they, not a green team for no, yeah. Pandora. Right. So um, I, I am in agreement with you, though, that I didn't feel claustrophobic. I think in mission space, I can see where you would feel claustrophobic. You don't have yes. that sensation. You don't feel, as you've already said, you don't feel restrained, but you feel secure and um, in a good way. So well, if you think about it, Roger. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tony. No, I was just going to ask, is this the kind of ride that you would do first thing in the morning, middle of the day, and the afternoon? I'd ride it any time. You get you on it when get you out, can. Yeah, when you, you can. just want to get there as soon as you can because the line's not going to go down. Yep. What about at the end of the night? How How's that? There's really no difference because it's yeah. an indoor ride. The The experience of the land is totally different. And I, if I had to choose between night and day... I would choose night to go to look. And here's my suggestion. If you're um, if you're a night owl or if you don't mind staying up late or if you can handle a long day in the park, uh, one of the best things to do 
is to get in the queue for an attraction right before park close. Mm -hmm. Because if you're in line and if the park closes at nine and you get in line at, you know, 858, then, and and it's an hour wait, you're there, you're going to ride it. So that that's a good time. It's almost like a, a bonus hour or something in the, in the park. So that's a that's a good time to go. We've we've done that before. Before they cut it off. Yes, before they cut the line. That's off. an interesting um, strategy because then um, I'm thinking at the end of that you're going to be walking through a park to get out that's basically empty. What a great time for some incredible pictures. And listen, I'll tell you, and I'm glad you said that. I wanted to share that. I've been through Animal Kingdom. You know, we've already talked about how it's uh, relatively new to being open at nighttime. Sure. And uh, when you get off that um, flight of passage and it's, you know, whatever, 10, 15 or whatever, and the park closed an hour ago, I've walked through Animal Kingdom along those trails. And, you know, there's all the trees are real big and everything. You feel like you are alone in that joint. And it's really, really cool. And you you hear crickets chirping, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I'm in the I'm in the jungle." <laughs> so like it, you feel like something's going to jump yeah. out and eat you. You know, yeah. it you you feel isolated, or you feel, you know, like I'm the only one here. And uh, it's really cool, actually. And I was just looking at the at the map the layout as to where this is in the park they make you go all the way into the hub in order to do this you've got to go into the hub and then make a left yeah first left wow yeah that's any land that yeah you can't get you can't get straight there by going straight there you've got to go to the hub that looks like quite a hike it is yeah it definitely i've always felt like animal kingdom I don't know why it just feels and maybe it is but maybe it's not feels like you hike a long way to get to anything mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's not a big sure. park yeah it's a big park i mean just kilimanjaro safaris is bigger than uh the the entire magic kingdom so oh, wow that's they, interesting it, you know it's it's a giant footprint and so man animal kingdom is a big park and you gotta when you're walking from the front if you're headed to to kilimanjaro safaris it's a hike so well, it is a, a pretty l- big park looking at this map um uh i don't even think i've even the last time i was in the quote-unquote africa section must have been back when the park first opened i don't remember that area at all that looks humongous and i've never been there you never been to what part of the park? It looks like the the back exploration part where the gorillas and stuff are. I don't. Remember. Oh yes, uh-huh. it's, it, it, it's got to be years since I was last there. I don't and that. Uh, that looks tremendous. You have to to get to Conservation Station. Uh, I, that's you know Rafiki's Planet Watch. Conservation was called Station. That for a while. That's what it is. Yeah, Rafiki's yes. there. You have to ride a train to get right. over there, and uh, so it's um. Uh, they still I have that you, train. Yep. They still do. And they actually do a really cool, again, man, we're all over the place in this episode, but they actually have a really cool um, artist seminar where uh, they teach you how to draw a uh, a Disney character. And uh, my family did it. The The last time we were there, we, we did it. It was um, 
December of 2019. And they, we drew TikTok, the, the alligator from Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. But it's, they always, you know, they have a, a Disney artist there to lead you in uh, a seminar, basically. And you take about a half hour, 45 minutes or so, and they teach you how to draw this character. And, you you know, you get to take it home. So it's pretty cool. My family, uh, the four of us all, all drew TikTok. And uh, we have that on our uh, hanging on our wall in the hallway upstairs. So all four of our pictures are beside each, you know, in one big frame. Uh, that's over at Conservation Station. So I think that's what it's called now. I think. I don't remember. But uh, it's a lot of fun. But it's huge over there. Really big area. And See, you that's take where that I train. thought. I thought, that, I thought Pandora, was, Pandora had been placed there. I didn't realize it was placed, um, uh, that it took place at, the, at that bottom corner there. That's, that's kind of interesting. Yes. It's, uh, do right you guys feel you- that it fits in with the theme of Animal Kingdom? Um, so... My opinion is the original idea of Animal Kingdom, I think it fits with the original idea. Because if you remember, they were going to have like Beastly Kingdom and it was going to be like dragons and, you know, so Animal Kingdom is supposed to be about animals past, present and mythical. So you had dinosaurs from the past, you had, you know, the safari for the present. And then you had, we're going to have dragons and minotaurs and all that mythical creature stuff. So that, you know, budget cuts, as always, kind of, you know, eliminated that idea and the Beastly Kingdom never came to be. But I think this Pandora section is sort of in that, uh, the spirit of what was supposed to be Beastly Kingdom. So you do have... Uh, a little bit of instead of mythical, it's otherworldly. You know, you're supposedly on another planet, so it is pretty cool. And I think it, it while it doesn't really fit into what Animal Kingdom became, you know, it's just you know an animal park. Uh, when you consider the original, the original concept that the Imagineers developed and the Lost Beastly Kingdom, I think it does fit with that. So I'm not I'm not mad that it's there. It, I'm not disgruntled Dewey like I am with Epcot <laughs> with putting you know a Guardians of the Galaxy movie ride in Epcot. As good as that ride is that I've heard, doesn't belong in Epcot. Just just doesn't. So I'm not disgruntled about Pandora. I think it does fit in with that. Like I said, the original uh, concept of of animal kingdom and having that uh mythical creature section that's my that's dewey's opinion what do you think ron um i mean you've given a lot more thought to it than i have um i i i from a movie perspective i think maybe it's a movie experience maybe studios would have been a better fit um but from the land that it, it fits in the decor of Animal mm-hmm. Kingdom for sure, mm-hmm. absolutely. And um, so I'm 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 not unhappy that it's an Animal Kingdom. I think that it was probably more of a um, 
economical decision than than a decision if it fits or not if that makes sense because you didn't it's another large ride for that park to have the draw to draw people there um animal kingdom to me has always been um kind of elusive to me with how they've decided what goes in that park and so um because animal kingdom should be by name <laughs> animals but i get that they didn't want to just recreate the zoo, the zoo. they even yeah. had not a zoo not a zoo as, <laughs> as uh, a marketing ploy at one point so yeah i'm i'm not unhappy that it's there and i it makes the park for me more enjoyable than it was previous to it being there i'm definitely looking forward to riding this ride when i get back at whenever that might be so, Tony, I know you haven't been to Pandora, right? Uh, but you have been to Galaxy's Edge. So that I have, yeah. You know how Galaxy's Edge is Im completely immersive. Yeah. Like you feel like you are somewhere else. Right. That's exactly what Pandora is. Cool. Pandora is that well-themed. You, you feel like you're somewhere else. You're, you're no longer in uh, a theme park. You and yeah, that's the only what thing I like that can make it. it even better is if they had all the cast members dressed as characters throughout. I thought it they would were be going, cool, you know yeah. what I thought during their initial announcement that's what they planned to do. I think they had mentioned they were going to have these the the gigantic people walking around, and I don't know whatever happened to that. I guess that just got budgeted out. Yeah, maybe. Um, they what do have you know those. I don't know what those things are called, but it looks like an ATST from. From Star Wars, you know okay. those big mechanical suit things yeah. that uh, they're in the movie. Uh, oh, they yeah, have yeah. a couple of those. Uh, they're stationary. They're just like displays or Any, statues oh, or whatever. Okay. Uh, they do have a couple of those hanging around. But my guess is that if they were going to have walk around characters like that, that it was again just another budget cut. If if I sure. had to venture a guess, because you really just can't like that with stilts or anything. Right, yes. Just like in Galaxy's Edge, they were yeah. supposed to have all kinds of stuff that yes, that, yeah. that didn't happen. Right. But it's it's immersive like that with um like, like Galaxy's Edge. It's it's that you feel like you're in another world. And if you look around the way they built it, you you don't see Everest in the background. You don't see, you know, and you don't yeah. hear, you know, you don't hear people screaming on a roller coaster or anything you you walk into pandora it's very peaceful yes it is you and feel is like child friendly place. ride as well do, 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 oh do I children so. would yeah. yeah absolutely it's not scary you're you know you get that the the feeling that you're flying kind of like on soren yeah you know you, you you because you're wearing 3d glasses and it's a gigantic screen in front of you you get the sensation that you're flying but it i don't think it's scary at all i you don't um there's no drops or anything like mm -hmm. that it's not like a roller coaster uh you i i would consider this family friendly family i think friendly. it is i i agree with you it's not i do there is a there is some you're flying and there's some pretty steep downward motion that if you don't close sure, your right. eyes yeah. you experience that drop sensation but it's not like being on a roller coaster 
drop. It's the other thing is you have illusion. to be um, 44 inches to be to ride it. You have to be 44 inches. And my guess is that's just because the way the backrest yeah. comes yeah, up to agree. you, you you know, they don't want it to. Because uh, on a human, on a, an adult human, it that presses on your lower back. Yeah. If you're not 44 inches, my guess is that it, it probably, if you're too short, it goes high on your back and could impede your breath, your, your breathing. Yeah. Uh, just a guess. Just throwing that out there. That's probably no, I would the agree only with you. Reason. I think it's, I'm sure it's because of the restraint system that, um, that the height restriction is because if you lowered the, it would you could have a smaller seating seat to fit a smaller person but then you're going to take a seat that may or may not be used and then you bring in well I've got a child with me I need to sit by the child seat right. you just bring yeah. in way too many um variables to have to mitigate and so I think that to your point, it's a ride that I would literally take a five-year-old on and not feel that they would be overwhelmed by. Yeah, absolutely. All right, is that it, Ron? Have you? That's all. That's all I got for okay. you today. But um, I hope it. I hope I enjoyed the discussion. It's one. It definitely is a ride that is grown has been popular from the opening and i don't see it losing any popularity soon it's really well done you know and we we've kind of touched on everything but outside pandora is amazing the theming the the lushness of the, the you know that the jungle you feel like you're on another planet it's all really well done the queue uh, both uh inside and outside you know the outside we talked about that you know, walking through the waterfalls and stuff to get to the cave entrance. That's all really well done. It's really pretty. It's serene. It's pretty quiet. Um, and a different experience in the daytime than it is in the nighttime. So it, you need to experience it both ways. And then on the inside, extremely, extremely detailed and lots of cool stuff to see. Even if, like me, you haven't waited through the entire queue. Uh, even uh, on the fast pass side, and I get, I'm guessing, like you know, they don't call it fast pass anymore, and I probably will forever. I still call MGM MGM, but uh, fast pass or what is it, Genie Plus or Lightning Lane or whatever, you still get even in the abbreviated line, you still get the story. You still have to get paired with your Banshee, so you go through the whole, uh, you know, the lights and the all that kind of fun stuff. And uh, so the inside queue is spectacular. Uh, and then the ride itself is like nothing else. You know, we've made comparisons to, to Soren and stuff like that. And that's just so we can give you a, a, an idea of what you're going to see and do if you haven't been on it. It's not like Soren, it's a completely different experience. And uh, it's just Soren is the closest thing we can, you know, make that comparison. For someone that hasn't been on it but it is really in every way i can think is worth you know whether worth every every not six hours but if you're waiting an hour it's completely worth oh it. yeah it's if top to bottom front to back it is 
uh, one of Disney's best uh, best done attractions, top to bottom. It's it's got everything. Does there are some Disney. Easter eggs in the queue, by the way. Um, uh, did you? Well, do you have that in your notes? You want to talk about that for a second? Yeah, real quick. Um, there are some Easter eggs that you can look for. Um, one is in the PCI scientist lockers in the queue area. Um, are included various books and includes Jane Jane Goodall's um, Reason for Hope, which is mentioned in the queue as you go through a spiritual journey, and then Douglas Adams' The Solemn of Doubt. Um, and then one of the ride theaters, so depending on which one you get, there's um, three red handprints and their initials JCJR and JL. And those are the handprints belonging to James Cameron, um, Joe Rohde, and John Landu, respectively. That's, I've heard that. I haven't seen them. I read that somewhere. Uh, have you seen those? In I've person? not. No. Me neither. And, I don't and know where that is in the queue. I did see the book. Well, it's not in a queue. You have to be in the theater. So it's, oh. it's only in one. Theater. Oh, gotcha. Until okay. You could, until you get that theater, you're not going to see it. So that's interesting. That's um, really cool. And then... And those are the two, those were the two that I really intended to mention. Those are the two out, the, the two that really matter. So that's pretty cool. I like that a lot. So, all right. Good stuff, Ron. Thanks for doing the research and thanks for walking us through that, that, uh, the main segment for Avatar Flight of Passage. Definitely one of Disney's best. And, yes. uh, made uh made animal kingdom a, a go-to what is it a must do i guess you could say definitely good stuff all right so let's talk a little bit now let's move on over to our next segment what's happening around walt disney world and uh, i just saw this come out a few days ago i wonder if you guys have heard about this so i want to tell you a little bit real quick so recently According to Deadline, which is uh, an online uh, reporting, uh, entertainment reporting site, reports surfaced online about a possible upcoming movie project, another in the line of Disney films inspired by classic Disney theme park attractions. So in the same vein as the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, uh, the recent Jungle Book movie and the Haunted Mansion film, which is actually getting a reboot you know, the Eddie Murphy-led film didn't do as well as Disney had hoped. It didn't blow up like Pirates of the Caribbean did. So, you know, they're rebooting that with Owen Wilson and a few other people. But there may soon be another to add to that list. Rumor has it that an upcoming project to be led by the team known as Bert and Birdie, who are most notably known in Disney circles for directing several episodes of the Disney Plus show Hawkeye, they are going to, again, just as just rumors, uh, they're going to lead a new film that focuses on Big Thunder Mountain Railroad attraction that can be found in several of the Disney parks around the world. So Disney, right now, details are scarce. And so far, it has not been confirmed by Disney. But what do you guys think? Have y'all read or heard about this? And 
what do you think about a movie franchise that's going to be centered around Big Thunder Mountain Railroad? Have you heard about it? And on uh, uh, if not, now that you have, are you excited? Does it seem like a good idea or is it a bad idea? What do you think? What do you guys think? We'll start with you, Ron. I I like the idea. It's one of, I love Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. It, I'm sure it will include some backstory that you kind of develop yourself on on what um, it is. So I think it will be a lot of fun. Uh, I'd not heard about it yet, um, so that's exciting to me. And um, it'll be interesting what the storyline if if this all comes to fruition. It'll definitely be a movie I want to go see, and it'll be something I'll be interested in seeing what, how they develop it and how it comes out. Do you know if it's going to be, is it going to be live action or is it going to be animated or is there? I believe it's live action. And and again, there not a lot of details. Basically, what I told you is all we know. It's um, just a rumor right now. So no details. I assume it's live action and like Jungle Cruise, you know, that was last year, I think, with uh, Dwayne Johnson and and everything. And of course, Haunted Mansion and Pirates of the Caribbean there, that new Haunted Mansion reboots coming. And uh, supposedly there's going to be another uh, uh, another film in the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, uh, apparently without Jack Sparrow this time. But uh, so uh, my guess is that it's going to be live action. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's going to be live action. I've heard the Jack Sparrow thing keeps going back and forth. I I think I saw recently that Disney is going to allow him to play Jack Sparrow. He may not be the star of it, but he's going to come back to being him again. Well, there's a difference between Disney will allow it and Johnny Depp will accept because he was apparently pretty disgruntled uh, with the way Disney kind of uh discarded him yeah when all of those allegations were happening so it's uh you know disney may say sure come on back jack sparrow and he may not be interested so uh, not sure but what do you guys think tony what do you think about big thunder mountain coming i think it sounds like fun although it, it does sound like they're trying to scrape up whatever they can by now doing all these movies based on their theme park attractions the ones that they have made have been kind of fun and especially jungle cruise was great and i remember enjoying haunted mansion back in the day i know a lot of these projects take a while to develop um uh, jungle cruise i think at one point i remember hearing ellen degeneres was going to be in it and this is way back in the early 2000s so this was um it, it took 20 years for that to come to fruition so it might take a while for this but it, it should be fun to have the wildest ride on a movie. Yes, the wildest ride. And hold on to your hats and glasses, right? Yeah. That, uh, uh, I, you know, uh, I didn't love Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy. I liked it. It was My fun, kids yeah. loved it. And when, when it came, it was early 2000s. I don't know exactly the year. Yeah. But my kids were born in 03 and 06. So, mm-hmm. you know, when that Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion came out, they were young. And they watched it over and over and over and loved it. So 
you know, and you it's know. fun when they include all the little things from the rides in the movie. Like even when they did that in Pirates, uh, it, it makes it much more fun. I think the, the one time they didn't do that with Tomorrowland by making that original story um, didn't quite work, even though it was still, I thought it was still a good movie, but um, uh, it, it should be good. It should be fun to, to see a movie based on, on, uh, on this ride. I agree. Uh, you know, none of them have been bad jungle cruise i liked bad there's a goat <laughs> i see what you did there <laughs> uh, none of them have been bad jungle cruise was good um haunted mansion wasn't bad it was pretty good the parts of the caribbean movies i absolutely loved so well it should be a roller coaster ride of a movie all right you're just piling bad puns <laughs> on top of each other now tony <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's hope that that's uh that rumor gets confirmed let's hope that that's real i think it'll be fun so uh i just thought that was uh pretty cool and pretty interesting who would you want to see in that, that? Mm. um that's a good question um let's see so i could see clint eastwood being oh, in that wow. something like that he could be the old uh you know, I don't prospector. know the, the old prospector or something. Uh, I don't know, man. He's I don't. Have you seen him lately? Yeah. Well, he's he in could... his what is he like ninety or something, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, he's not young, but you know, uh, uh, Kevin Costner. Old... Uh, oh, it, you know that's whole... Tony. We're we might be sharing a brain today because <laughs> I was going to say, uh, although Yellowstone is not exactly Disney family friendly, friendly. Uh, I think there some people from that show could fit into that cowboy. Yeah, you need a real cowboy kind of. Yeah, for sure. I think that uh, that could be fun. Definitely could be fun. Um, that's a good question. Who else would be in the the Big Thunder Mountain movie? It's, oh, you know what? Who I would put in it. Uh, and this is just because uh, I have a man crush on Timothy Oliphant, but I love. Oh, that he's dude. cool. He's, he's cool. fantastic. And yeah. if you've seen Deadwood, he he kills it as a cowboy uh, and as a marshal. You know, so uh, I would put Timothy. I, I want to see Timothy Oliphant in every single thing I watch. <laughs> I love that guy. Um, so I want to see him in with his big bushy mustache, just like uh, just like he was in Deadwood. So. Uh, Clint Eastwood and Timothy Oliphant. There, there you go. That's if I was casting, those two guys would be in it. Who are y'all putting in it? I'm, I'm with you with uh, with the Kevin Costner and and uh, and that kind of a uh, of a deal. We just need some real cowboy folks in there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, right. I'm not sure who I'd put, but definitely need a man's man to play. Yeah. Yes. Although it's going to be directed by two women, so it might be a female cast. The the what about uh, some country? Oh, uh, let's please not. Anyway, go ahead. Willie Nelson, he could be in it. I'll put Willie Nelson in there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good stuff. So that's what's happening around Walt Disney World uh, as we record the show this week. So let's scoot on over to the third and final portion of our podcast this is a little thing we call what's your favorite 
Each week, one of our hosts brings with him a question to ask the other two guys. Those two hosts don't know the questions ahead of recording and must answer the question on the spot. So this week, uh, my good buddy Ron is going to pose a question to Tony and I, and then the three of us are going to answer it on the spot. So this week, for what's your favorite, Ron, what you got? So th- this question may not impact you, Dewey. Uh, you may still have an opinion, though. Um, oh, I always have an opinion. <laughs> my, my wife reminds me all the time. <laughs> well, let the record show that you're going to have an opinion on something that you have no experience with. That's, okay. that's unusual. Yeah. <laughs> so the question is, what's your favorite way to get from the airport to your destination? Is it a rental car? Is it the Disney shuttle? Or is it to rent an Uber, Lyft, or Mears? Just another where you don't rent the car, but you rent the surface. Oh, like, oh, Uber or something like that. Well, Uber, Lyft, and then what I was thinking there, Mears is really popular down in Orlando just to take you from and to, because then... When, if you're staying on site, um, mo- a lot of people like the Disney bus to get you around the parks. So, and for this question, can uh, I was going to say, can even though it doesn't currently exist anymore, but Disney's Magical Express, um, you know, we're going to, that, that be a little retro. has been a thing. So yeah. if you want to say that your favorite, I've never done Magical Express, so that won't be my answer. But okay. um, just want to throw that out there. So, Tony, I'll, I'll let you go first since okay. you have more experience with that than I do. Well, it's funny because I almost want to check off each one of these on this list, but uh, for different reasons. The first, uh, I used to love to rent a car, but my sister used to live in Florida. So I would rent the car first and go spend time with her and then drive to Disney. So in the early days, when I first started making my voyages there, rental car was the way I'd go. But uh, when I got to experience the Magical Express, I think we went on a cruise. That was the best thing. I mean, we didn't have to deal with our luggage. It just appeared at the result. Uh, I'm sorry, at the result, at the resort. <laughs> um, and I thought that was the my favorite at the time. In fact, I kept recommending it to anybody that went there. I think I got to use it maybe three times. And it was just great to be, to be able to, to just put our stuff on. Uh, in, in, uh, on the luggage rack here in New York, and then get down there and see it appear in the in the room. That was my favorite. If I'm going to pick one from that, although I will say my very last time that I was at Disney World a couple of years ago for um for the Star Wars trip, uh, with that on that trip we actually used for the very first time because I don't use it here where I live. Um, I either can drive there or i take a subway or train or something but um that was the first time i ever experienced a a share uh, a share ride with lyft and that was great i mean i got around the park easily with lyft so um but your question is about the airport so i would say disney's and i used it the last time because it was still in effect uh disney's magical express was uh, my favorite way to go great and dewey so I never used Magical Express. Uh, I always thought that that seemed cool. And it, from what I've heard was a great experience. Anybody that ever did it. 
Uh, so it's unfortunate that it left. Maybe it'll come back. Who knows? Especially considering uh, the reason they ended it was because that uh, high-speed rail was coming. Planning that, yeah. And so Disney's like, hey, we're going to have a train. We don't need a bus. But now that's fallen through. Right. Uh, the, the train's still going to happen, but it's no longer going to stop at uh, with Disney Springs was going to have a station. Right. Um, Universal kind of pulled a fast one on on Disney and convinced the uh, the the train company to build a station on I Drive rather than uh, have it go to Disney Springs. So uh, that's going to be super cool. That train that's going to come, you know, uh, to I Drive. So, but now it's not going to Disney. So that one's out the window. Um, I've, I've never rented a car. We uh, we almost always drive down there on, you know, we've probably flown down there four or five times. And uh, what we normally do is, again, I have in-laws there, so they come pick us up at the airport. So I've done none of these things. <laughs> so, um, oh, so Ron was right. Opinion on nothing. <laughs> or on right. something that you've never done. Yes, I, I will certainly have an opinion. Uh, my opinion is, first of all, for Disney to discontinue Disney's Magical Express three or four or five years before that train was ever even going to pull into that that station at Disney Springs was unbelievably premature. That was stupid. Why stop that? And then, uh, and then now the train's not coming to Disney Springs, and and now Disney's like, "Oops, sorry guys, no more buses, no more trains. G you'll figure it out." You know, um, really, really stupid. My guess is is that Disney just wanted to stop giving people something for free. Uh, you know, yet another thing for free. Um, it I was probably had say that was an economical decision. That yeah, absolutely. The train was. An excuse. Excuse. A hundred percent right. You're a hundred percent right, Ron. I agree with you. Um, so I think it was short-sighted and uh, another one of, you know, a blunder kind of decisions in the the name of uh, boosting profits. That's all they care about nowadays. So uh, really, that should never have gone away. That was a service that every single person I've ever heard talk about using loved so that was uh, short-sighted and irresponsible for disney to to remove that and then uh, i think it was also uh, i think it had a lot to do with funding or the disney's willingness to uh, invest in the train that it didn't come to disney springs also so disney needs to figure it out they need to look I'm, like I get it. They're a they're a company. They're a business. They're supposed to make money. And I'm OK with that. But they are out of control with their just almost maybe not almost probably just flat out say it. Their obsession with maximizing every dollar that they can get. And what they do is it's at the expense of the guest experience. And they're taking away all those little magical things that they don't have to do, but they do for to increase or improve the guest experience. 
And Disney needs to figure it out because where in the, you know, 20 years ago, Disney and Universal were miles and miles apart as far as customer service, customer satisfaction, and going the extra mile. All the little magical details that Disney used to do, and Universal didn't even come close. That gap has dramatically, dramatically closed. And in many ways, Universal surpasses Disney's service, Disney's you know, going the extra mile, whatever, whatever, you have, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that gap is not the Grand Canyon anymore. Now it's uh, it's a crack in the sidewalk. It's really, really close. And yeah, I, I'll be on. I'm not sure that when I, especially um, in the park that's not so much movie driven, um, but in in general, Universal is definitely learned from disney more than disney has yeah disney is moving away from what built their company and that's the customer experience and universal is is now i in my opinion getting ready to surpass and move forward and with the upcoming uh, in the next couple of years, uh, I think 2025 is when Universal's Epic Universe is going to open. Uh, that's going to be uh, a game changer. And uh, maybe Disney that'll be better. the time to go to go visit Disney. It'll be it'll be emptier. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a <laughs> maybe. <bad>. So <laughs> Disney better better figure it out because uh, Universal is making strides yeah. and. Um, you know, Disney on it in the in the same time is falling behind yeah. in many different ways. So uh, this is just another example. So, Ron, um, my my answer, had I experienced it, would probably have been Disney's Magical Express. But I don't fly down there very often. So uh, and when I do, I typically have a family member pick me up or they let us use one of their cars or something, you know, because they have, a, you know, three cars sure. down there. So that's typically what we would do. But uh, if I were the, you know, regular going on vacation kind of person, uh, I would be disgruntled that Magical Express is gone. So that's uh, that's what I would say. That's my answer. Nice. So what about you? What's so let answer, the record Ron? show that Dewey had an opinion on something he's never done before. <laughs> but where I'm different is uh, I don't where you haven't done dinosaur and you haven't done the tiki birds. You're Fair like, I don't like the tiki birds. And like, you know, <laughs> Fair enough. I, I, I just, I just wanted the record to show that you had an opinion on something you, you didn't do. Let's not get into the details. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The details don't matter, right? I got you. So, but did, for me, yeah. Yes. For me, What's yours? I would. So, we, now that we're in Tennessee, we drive more than we fly. But when we lived in Ohio, we would fly. And as much as I would love to say that I would take Disney shuttle. I'm too much, I, I'm just going to say too much of a control freak because while taking a shuttle from the airport to 
my hotel would not be bad where I can't handle um, being dependent on a bus system that they say every 20 minutes. Great. But if it's crowded, you're going to be waiting a lot more than 20 minutes. And I just, I like being in control of being able to get where I want to be. So I would be renting a car. And Ron, I like that more in the days when, um, when we didn't have to pay to park at the parks. Oh, when you, um, but if you stay at a park, you have to pay now. If you're staying in a resort, you don't have to pay for parking at the, the theme park. Correct. But you are paying for parking at the hotel. You've already paid $300 a night for. Yeah. Um, you're going to get me going again, but, but even if you don't have a rental, you're paying for that parking. Yes. For the at the resort, yeah, but you you do still park for free at the parks. At the parks, but we used to get that little right, Tony. Get a little sticker you put on the window or something. Uh-huh. Uh, they, that little yeah. thing on the dash, the paper, yeah. yeah. And but you're right. If you if if when because most of the time I would rent DVC points to stay on site, which is a very economical way to stay on site. Yeah. Um, but you really don't win anything to rent points during the weekend. So we would stay offsite at the beginning of the vacation and then move to onsite. But so you're right by renting a car though, there the hotels sometimes have shuttles. They're even less dependent than Disney's shuttling service around the parks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, we always, rented a car but you're right we then ended up having to pay and i forget what what cost was to to park it seems like this feels astronomical but it seems like it was 35 dollars. i think it's around 30 bucks i don't know exactly but it's it's gone up two or three dollars a year for the last 10 years so anyway so if I'm staying on site, definitely going to rent a car. If I'm off site, I'm going to rent a car. So that's my answer. Now, have you guys, um, I've never, again, I've never done this. So Ron, I'm not going to give an opinion, but <laughs> have you guys ever used Uber uh, to go from hotel to park or anything like that? I see, see that a lot now. That's pretty popular nowadays. That's the thing I last did on my trip. We used Lyft, and they we needed to be at um, at at uh, Hollywood Studios, obviously before seven. And the guy showed up right perfectly on time, got us there. He got us home on time. It was. It, I, I really thought that the Lyft experience was fun to use during. Yeah, the- I so I I may it probably was available back in the day, but. It was definitely brand new if it was available. So there was trust issues. Now, though, it, I would do uh, uh, research what it would yeah, and see which, which way I would come out. Well, now they've got the gondolas as well. So. That's true. Yeah. yeah so the gondolas are, you obviously, if you're staying where the gondolas are located, I would be more inclined to, because those are, fairly dependent obviously they can go down but right. if they're running they're right on time so you don't really have to wait and i've never been on the skyliner yet 
Um, Thank which, you, Dewey. Skyliner. <laughs> no, no big deal. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I knew what you meant. Uh, I've never been on the Skyliner. Everybody loves it. Uh, everybody that's been on it says it's just the greatest thing ever. And it, it definitely looks super cool. And I, I want to try it. Uh, but since they opened the Skyliners, I haven't stayed at a resort and haven't really had a reason to ride it yet. But um, everybody loved those, loves that. But outside of that, you know, when you're relying on the buses, yeah, you never know. It, right. it could be here in a minute and a half yeah. or it could be here in 25 minutes, you know. And that's frustrating yeah. when you're like, yay, going to the park. Oh, <laughs> someday yeah. you're sitting <laughs> waiting on a bus to show up so and then it then i've been in situations where the bus shows up mm -hmm. but it fills before i crowd it so yeah. now i'm waiting another 25 minutes yeah. or the bus is going to the boardwalk and the yacht beach club and the swan and dolphins yes. and yes. then it's going to get to animal kingdom or yeah. whatever you know yeah. it's uh you know that you waited 20 minutes to get on it and now you're on a 40 minute bus ride before you get to the park so you've lost an hour you know already yeah but and, so and parts, wrong, i would say it's it's a if if you're not a if you're a person that really doesn't want to deal with driving and yeah. deal with cuz the signage around disney in my opinion is not the greatest but my gps <laughs> fixes that fairly well you know what i um, forget about the disney resort is how how huge it is and yeah. there is a lot of driving to get from one place to another or even from your resort to one of the parks it, it does you have to kind of factor in that time as well yeah so yeah absolutely and if you're going to magic kingdom the bus takes you right to the entrance where right. you're driving in you got to ride the the monorail yeah. which is cool but if you're wanting to get into the park it's it's a it's another hurdle. So um, there is pros to Disney's bus service. I don't. That's one thing that uh, another thing. You know, keep riding that bus so I don't have to park out and. Um, <laughs> <leave. laughs> <You know>. Yeah, <laughs> Galaxy's Edge, especially uh, Magic Kingdom. That I, I I like Magic Kingdom, but that's the probably the park we visit the least because. It's so so hard to get to because you got to take the tram or the not the tram but yeah well the tram from the parking lot then you got to get on the monorail or the the ferry yeah. and it it's it's just and then once you get in it's a madhouse it's crowded all the time so uh, that one for real the the taking a bus or even if you take an Uber or a Lyft that takes you right to the right to the gate basically. So you know what one uh, one one thing that we did this last trip, we ate at California Grill, which is in the contemporary. Yeah. And what's really cool, so we had already parked, we walked over to Magic Kingdom after we ate, and that's really cool that you can walk to Magic Kingdom from the contemporary. I used to love doing that when I stayed there. That was my favorite thing to do. Yeah, that's super cool. All right, fellas. So there you go. That's it for well, what's your favorite? Uh, I don't know what the consensus was. I've never done it. And then a little uh, bit of everything. Yeah, yeah it's a little yeah. bit of everything. I, I do. Though, wanna, I will next time I go, though. Definitely, if when we're staying at a resort, research the Uber. Uber. Um, Uber. <laughs> the Uber. Um, the minivan or the um, 
or live. Yeah. Now the minivans are coming back. Did you yeah. guys see that? Yeah. Minivans are coming back. So, uh, you know, they, they paused that service during, uh, the pandemic and stuff. So apparently that is coming back. It actually so. was now thinking about it, it was actually wasn't really expensive. I mean, there were four of us, but I think the ride between parks didn't exceed $20 for us. And you know, if you got four people, that's five dollars five dollars yeah. a person. That's that's relatively I mean, when you're I talking about Disney prices. Vans available. That mm -hmm. was a Disney service? Yeah, briefly before the pandemic. They then they stopped it and then now they're coming back. You're not familiar with the minivans, Ron? I'm not. So they were uh literally minivans, M-I-N-I, minivans, like a Dodge Caravan or something, but they're painted to look like Minnie Mouse, Minnie Mouse. skirts. So they were red. With white polka dots. So it's a minivan, M I N N I E, minivan, you know, clever, clever little uh, twist on the words there. But yeah, um, those are supposedly coming back. So that is another option. It's better than, if you don't mind spending 25 bucks or whatever, it's better than waiting on a bus. So, all right, good times. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Ron, for that. What's your favorite question? Absolutely. So that just about does it for this episode of the WDW Reflections Podcast. Please find and follow us on all our social media accounts and even go check us out on our new website, WDWReflectionsPodcast.com. From that website, you can subscribe to our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube channels and social media accounts. We're at WDW Reflections Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and on YouTube or just WDW Reflections on Twitter. This podcast is currently found and played on just about every, every streaming service out there you can think of. So go out there and find us on your favorite streaming service. And also, please give us some feedback on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any of those kind of places where you can give a review. If you give us, if you like the show and you give us a positive review, that does help the show grow and reach a larger audience. And don't forget, you can always send us an email from uh, wdwreflectionspodcast at gmail.com. And we would love to hear from you from any of those places. So please keep coming back because we truly appreciate you guys coming and listening to the show. Thanks for reflecting on Walt Disney World memories with us on the WDW Reflections Podcast. See you real soon.